coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. The facts may say that I am unemployed right now, but my faith will say my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I, the facts may have made me cry myself to sleep at night, but my faith lets me know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The facts may have me really upset, but I know that the faith will let me know that my God will never leave his righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You can hold on to the facts. Don't deny the facts. Just don't let the facts falter your faith. that is ours uh, to to share together, I want to talk a little bit about hanging on to what matters most. Hanging on to what matters most. So I read a lot of uh, psychology magazines and watch little videos about it. Uh, One, because I'm fascinated with the subject of psychology. And number two, uh, because of this job, I kind of end up in a psychologist position, even though I'm not a licensed counselor. Uh, so I don't want to do any harm. Uh, does that make sense? I don't want to tell anybody something that's not right. And so I learn a lot about both myself and certain things when dealing with other people when it comes to it. And uh, Just uh, uh, while I'm on here, this wasn't part of the sermon, but uh, don't be surprised if you come to Pastor Johnny with uh, an issue and after one or two sessions, I give you a business card uh, for somebody else to, to handle that. Don't just just don't be surprised. I I I'm gonna stick with the Bible, right? And 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 I'm not saying I won't be loving and supporting and encouraging, but if I Smell like this is a little bit out in my league. Amen. God bless you. May the Lord watch between me and thee. <laughs> but I've gotten some tips that have kind of helped me. Uh, one is always remembering to breathe because when you get stressed out in certain situations, uh, you tend to hold your breath. And so just the mere fact of thinking to remember to breathe will allow you to get back into a right mindset in certain stressful situations. I also know that I can be a bit impulsive and and lack some patience sometimes. So I got some tips to help me work that out. And then there are sometimes I may go down a rabbit trail of thought. Uh, Something will make me mad and I might be mad about that the entire day if I don't have a mental checkup on myself. And one of the things that I do when that happens is I tell myself to stop it and I start thinking about what matters most. And nine times out of ten, that argument that I may have just had or or that professor that said something crazy or that, that frat brother or friend or family member or something like that won't be that important. It'll put some things into perspective. Uh, you hang on to what matters most. 
Uh, I had a conversation at the administrative council meeting, uh, the last one we had, and I was talking about it. I had a frame of reference that changed my whole thought pattern about these things. Uh, I was upset about some stuff that was going on outside of the church. It wasn't anything at the church. I love all y'all. You all are angels. You all are spectacular. I love y'all to life. Amen. Amen. But there was some other stuff going on that wasn't church or family related, and I was a little upset about it, and the phone rang while I was at the church in the office. I picked up the phone. This lady said, I need some help. I uh, talked to her for a little bit. She said, you know, I'm... Uh, we lost our home uh, to Hurricane Harvey, and we just got a new place to stay. And, and I'm here, and my daughter's here, and my two grandchildren are here, and, and I, I, I really need some help. And I said, well, what can I do for you? How can I help you? She said, I really need some food. And I said, cool, well, if you come by, I'll give you as much food as you can possibly carry away. We've been giving out food and clothes and bleach and everything else since Hurricane Harvey, and I'm more than willing to pass some of that on to you. She said, well, I don't have a car, Pastor. I said, well, give me your address. I'll be there in 30 minutes. I got the address. It was in Lamarck, and I drove to the place, and I passed it because I didn't realize it. Um, I turned back around and there was a yard with a bunch of stuff in it and a storage shed. This lady was living with her daughter and her grandchildren in a house that had been a modified storage shed. Puts your whole mindset into perspective. So everything that I was upset about going to Lamarck to deliver this food, it didn't matter no more. You got to hold on to what matters most. Uh, there, there's there's a, 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 another thought exercise I've seen people do and, and, and read about. Uh, they would say, well, if you were running out of a burning house, if you woke up in the middle of the night and your house was on fire, what would you grab? Not counting, you know, your loved ones or your pets, but, but what would you grab on the way out? What would matter most to you? Uh, some people call this a dinner party question because that's the, the kind of uh, conversation that can come out of this uh, 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 let you know a little bit about somebody's personality and core values. Uh, I wonder what we all would say. Uh, our most costly items, maybe some jewelry or some uh, laptop or some antiques or some bonds or some cash from the safe. Uh, you, do you grab what's sentimental uh, to you? Uh, pictures of your children, uh, a quilt that grandma knitted from you, some journals, uh, a letter written to or from your, your parents before they passed. Or do you focus on the most practical stuff, your passport, your cell phone, uh, your hard drive, uh, uh, your wallet? Do you back the car out of the garage? What uh, do you think about when that kind of thing would happen? What would be most important to you if you could not save everything? And for the parents, what do you think your children would take on the way out? 
Uh, there's a great place if you are interested in learning some of these answers. There's a website called theburninghouse.com, and it's a community photo blog where uh, there's a photographer that created this photo blog around this question, and people lay out in, in snapshots an image of everything that they would bring out of the burning home, and, and, and then they have a quick little text description uh, 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 of it. And so that people can comment on it. Uh, some people said they'd run out with their phones, their iPods, journals, old printed out pictures, childhood keepsakes, uh, clothing items, favorite clothing items. Uh, one 27-year-old said that he'd grab his wedding ring, a lighter, and some cigarettes. Uh, 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 this husband and wife team from Australia said that they would each clutch one side of a vintage record player cabinet stacked with a mandolin, and they'd also grab a quilt that they had from a, 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 a and a rare Louis Armstrong record, and the husband's favorite Italian leather shoes. Uh, there was a, a 22-year-old farmer from Sudan that took a picture of his bush knife, his favorite T-shirt, and a wooden bracelet, and two large bowls and, and a, a, a garden hole and some water, a water bottle. Uh, there was somebody uh, that was 50 years old in South Africa that said uh, they, they submitted a text and no picture. And they said, if my house was burning, I would take nothing. I'm a hoarder, and my husband is a minimalist, and it would take burning the house down for us to come on one accord and start anew. Uh, some people had all kind of things. There's a, uh, some people took a mounted deer hoof. Uh, there was some records. There was a feather collection. Uh, one person said they would bring a bottle of Hendrix gin. So that they could drink while watching the house burn. But the point is, these people are holding on to what matters most. But here we have the Apostle Paul. And according to the text, he would bring absolutely nothing except the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Uh, Billy Graham, God rest his soul, used to pose the question, if you were to die tonight and stand before God and God were to say to you, why should I let you in? What would be your answer? Paul is forcing us to look at what matters most. Uh... And what matters most to Paul is not the law, but the faith. And Paul is sitting here writing this book, or this letter rather, to the church uh, at Rome. And some people have called it once uh, his Ph.D. dissertation. Uh, Paul was a Hebrew's Hebrew. Uh, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul knew the law. But Paul was writing to these people to let them know that the law is not the only thing. Uh, and then to use the example he brought in, Father Abraham. Abraham, 
the father of many things. I remember learning the songs in Sunday school about Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And we would sing this song over and over again, learning because everybody uh, is connected to Abraham, the father of our faith. This character in the Bible is so important that the three great religions, both Hebrew or uh, the three great religions, not both, but Hebrew, uh, Judaism, Islam and Christianity all claim lineage to Abraham. Uh, and so they, they have this, this, he's sitting here going through this laying out of what it is to be a believer, what it is to follow the way, what it is to follow this man named Jesus Christ. And he's laying out point by point why we need to follow him. And some people get caught up in the law. Some people get caught up in these rules. Some people get caught up in these things that are there because if you get caught up in the rules and you start focusing on the fact that somebody else is breaking the rules, then nobody else can look at the fact that you're breaking them too. Is the microphone working? Sorry. So he's talking about the law and the wrath and the transgressions that it brings up. And he says, well, don't just believe what I say. Look at Father Abraham. Uh, and in verse four, uh, in chapter four, verse one, he asks the question, what shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the first discovered in this matter? And he answers that question, understanding that they discovered the faith. Uh, here you have those who, if you, when you in your own reading, sometime go back and take a look at the book of Genesis. And father Abraham had these sons when he was too old to be conceiving. Both he and Sarah were were considered too old to have children, but yet they still had children. Uh, and And Paul does a retelling of the events of Genesis 15 through 17 and highlights several instances. These things are going on, but I I like that he highlights these several instances. And when you read Romans uh, 4 and then go back and read uh, Genesis 15 through 17, there's a little bit of conflict. There's a little bit of conflict. Uh, Genesis 15, 2 through 3 tells us that Abraham thought Eliza would be his heir. And then later on, uh, when he was told, Abraham was told that he was going to have a child, uh, he didn't necessarily have that child with Sarah. Uh, He had it with Sarah's handmaid. And Ishmael was conceived in Genesis 16, 1 through 4. And at that time, the Lord declared uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah would have a child. Abraham tried to fix it on his own. And Abraham, not only that, when he was told he was going to have a child, the text says that he fell on his face and laughed and said, could a man, can a child be born to a man that is 100 years old? And can Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. When he says it in, 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 in Genesis 17, 17 through 18. And so while we are in Abraham, while we are in Romans 4, reading about this Abraham who was a giant in our faith, when we actually look at the story of what went on, he wasn't necessarily just straight on ahead. 
And I take comfort in that. Understanding that when we go through our trials and when we go through life and when we go through certain things, we might just mess up. We might not believe everything that God has in store for us. When God tells us that we are going to be the lender and not the borrower and we look at our bank statements and our credit cards and our student loans and our mortgage and our car note. But understand that just because it's like that now doesn't mean it's going to be like that in the end. See, you have somebody who's considered a giant in our faith. All through the New Testament, they talk about Abraham. All through every other these other religions, they talk about Abraham. But here, when we look at the story, when we actually walk through the story, it was not a straight line. But he still moved on. Abraham was human, just like the rest of us. Abraham had his share of doubts just like the rest of us. And it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to get angry. God created the universe. I think he can handle your attitude. We look at the Bible sometimes And we take the characters in the Bible and we try to turn them into heroes. When we got to understand that they are friends. They come through some of the same struggles that we have. They're human just like us. Sometimes you have to move forward even though you're afraid. Having fear does not mean you lack faith. And I got to take some of the blame for it myself. As a pastor, I know some pastors get in the pulpit on Sunday and say all these kind of things and say that everything's going to be perfect and it's going to be roses and everything's going to be easy. But that is not always the case. And then when stuff comes and trouble comes in your way, that's why a lot of people end up leaving the church. Because the person in the pulpit on a Sunday has told them everything is awesome when it's not. Ah, but here we have someone, by the time we get to the end, when we get to the end, Genesis is reading in the beginning, and there are some struggles, and there are some trials, and there are some tribulations. But in the end, Abraham was able to receive the promise. In the end, Abraham was able to be the father of many nations. In the end, Abraham was commended on his faith. Just like when you look at the score of a game, they don't always care about the score. They care who won. Doesn't really matter how you got there, but in the end, you win. And there's only one spot for a win and a loss. And so oftentimes, we don't necessarily get caught up in the details. Ah, But against all hope, Abraham believed in the promise. He believed when it did not make sense to believe. He believed when everybody would have said it would have made sense to ignore the promise. And he faced the facts without weakening his faith. Sometimes we think that admitting our emotions about something or or about admitting that we have emotions regarding a situation means that we are less of a believer. 
that absolutely is false. I'm going to say that again. That absolutely is false. You can be afraid of something and still move forward. You can have doubts and still believe. We get in this place where we try to teach people and make them try to turn their brains off when they walk in the door. Keep it on. Struggle with that. Because if you don't, there'll come a time where somebody else that's just as smooth a talk or even smoother will be able to turn that away. And you'll no longer be a believer. But they'll be suffering from the same doubts that they pointed out in you. Abraham faced the facts. Admitted his emotions. Didn't think it was possible. Even messed up on his own. But in the end, he and Sarah still had that baby. We might have had some road bumps on the way. But in the end, Sarah still had that baby. And what do we say about Abraham? He's a pillar of our faith. The fact of the matter was is that Sarah and Abraham were too old to have a child. But the facts did not kill their faith. The facts may say that I am unemployed right now. But my faith will say my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I, the facts may have made me cry myself to sleep at night, but my faith lets me know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The facts may have me really upset, but I know that the faith will let me know that my God will never leave his righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You can hold on to the facts. Don't deny the facts. Just don't let the facts falter your faith. And when all was said and done, works did not justify what Abraham did. His faith did. And so the answer of what sin shall we say about Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter in verses 4 and 1, it, it, it says that. But in verse 17, it says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is the father in our sight of God whom believed that God gives life to the dead. So what should we say about Abraham? We should say that he's the father of many nations. We had a little roll bump on the way, but in the end, it all came together. And in the end, it all came together because Abraham held on to his faith. And Paul said everything in that to, to, to make a point, to understand that it's not just about the law, but it's about the faith. And because it's about the faith, he did everything to, leading up to you, to read and the, everything leading up to what was read in your hearing and letting us know that God's righteousness, God's covenant faithfulness, God's saving justice is displayed. 
How is it displayed, Pastor? Well, because of that same faith that allowed this old man and old woman, these seasoned saints, to be able to conceive Isaac, who would then conceive Jacob, who would then conceive these 12 tribes, who would then conceive all these people and go on the way to Jesus. It was because of that faith, and that same faith that got the ball, the, the ball rolling let us know. Uh, uh, but for us also, whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe and who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over, over to death for our sins and he was raised to life for our justification. When you justify something, it makes it right. You, you put it in the right alignment. You put it in line with what you wanted to do. And he was saying here, and, and, and the Apostle Paul was saying that that same faith, that same God that was able to make these, these people who were well past baby conceiving years have a, have a child is the same faith that was at work in Jesus Christ when he was crucified for our sins and rose from the dead. That same faith that was there for Abram is the same faith and the same wonder working power that was there at the beginning of the world when it was formed. That same faith is there and that same faith went all the way down through those 42 generations and brought us that Jesus. He was paraphrasing when he said that he was delivered over to death he was calling back on Isaiah 53 and 5 where it says that he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed so that same wonder working power in the beginning is the same wonder working power in the end that same wonder working power in the beginning is the one that will be able to put, allow you to put one foot in front of the other that same wonder working power is how you'll be able to step in even though the facts say that everything is bad right now your faith will push you forward he could have called 10,000 angels down when he was on that cross, Jesus was. But that he knew that if he came down off that cross, your soul, my soul, everybody's soul would have been lost. But he allowed himself to go through this punishment so that he could be raised from the dead three days later with all power in his hands. And if he can do that for Abraham, he did that for Jesus. And if he can do that for Jesus, he can do that for you and anything that is going on in your life. You just got to hold on to what matters. The facts may say one thing, but your faith is what matters in the end. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.